Keeping Busy. Welcome to Keeping Busy, everybody. On this episode, we will be reviewing a fun baking experiment we did. That's not right. We're going to review a recipe that we made. Is that close? Yeah. <laughs> so I picked the recipe last time. You sure and did. I found it on a website called bakefromscratch.com, spelled just how it sounds, and the recipe is for cannoli sheet cake. Um, There are a lot of cannoli cakes on the internet if you look for them, so if you want to find our particular recipe, either go from bake from scratch or search for cannoli sheet cake, because a lot of them are super fancy, Mm -hmm. and if anybody knows me, they know that when I bake, I do not bake super fancy unless Erin freaking makes me (laughs) (laughs) so this is a cake that's based on the flavors of a cannoli and the cake itself has some brown sugar in it and Mm -hmm. other than the brown sugar it's kind of a vanilla toffee flavored cake um with chocolate pieces in it and then it's topped with a ricotta whipped cream topping similar to what you would find inside a cannoli And then it has some sprinkles of chocolate shavings and pistachios, similar to what you would find on the ends of the cannoli. So it's kind of like a deconstructed, reconstructed as a cake cannoli. That's a lovely summary. Good work. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, what did you think of the recipe? I thought it was fine. Uh, It wasn't going to ever make a full sheet cake. <gasps> Gasp. I know. I I am two and a half people in this household. And uh, so I, I cut the recipe in half. To be fair, when she talks about a full sheet cake, she's talking about a 13 by 9, which is actually a quarter sheet cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was never yeah. going to make a full recipe, which is a 13 <laughs> by 9. So I cut it in half. And I ended up putting it in a uh, 9 by 9 square pan. So it doesn't have the same thickness, but okay. No. It was far too thin, and that made me sad. But it was still a very tasty cake. I think okay. it, it I think it dried out a little bit more than um, it would have otherwise, even though I left it in the oven for less time than the full cake would have needed. But uh, I thought it was a tasty cake. Tasty cake. What do you think? I agree that it was a tasty cake. And I think that it was also a tasty topping. But I have some qualms about putting (gasps) the cake with the topping. So I did the recipe as is, and I made it in a 13 by 9 inch pan, um, as it states in the recipe. And it was probably thicker than yours. I mean, it had to be. But Mm -hmm. the problem I had was, in the pictures, it has... Um, the cake to frosting ratio is almost like two to one. Like the frosting might be half of what the cake thickness is, maybe a Mm -hmm. little more than that. And I felt like for a cannoli, when you have a shell and you have a cannoli filling, obviously the overwhelming factor is the cannoli filling. And the shell is just there for the crunch. And to deposit the, the, the filling in. The filling in your face. <laughs> Some way to carry the filling from a bowl into your mouth. Yes. Yes. Um, And I felt like with the thickness of the cake that I ended up with, it wasn't the right ratio. 
Mm-hmm. So I liked the cake, but the cake ended up tasting like a big cakey chocolate chip cookie. When you combine yeah. the um, the toffee flavors of the brown sugar with the chocolate chunks and, you know, even the edges got a little caramelized, it, it felt like a cake version of a chocolate chip cookie with I have no problem with. However, I didn't really feel like it had any kind of um the f- the topping and the cake didn't really come together as a whole for me. Mhm. Uh I okay. liked the cake and I liked the topping, but I didn't think they added anything to each other when paired. Yeah, yeah, I didn't feel like this was a special thing. No. Um I will say that the frosting was amazing and I think I will use it for other cakes. Or, you know, just to spoon into your mouth when you're like, oh, yeah. I just want something creamy and delicious. Like, oh, gobble, 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 gobble. It's, it's still rich because of the ricotta in there, uh, but it's kind of light and fluffy, so it's not so heavy as a as a buttercream. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that, but I did screw up the frosting. Mine came out far too liquidy. Oh, really? Yeah, and I think it's because... Um, what are you laughing at? <laughs> I was trying I was trying to laugh undercover so you wouldn't hear me. <laughs> yeah, well the video's on and I saw you. <laughs> oh <laughs> I'm looking at the recipe. I should watch your face too to be creepy. <laughs> so <laughs> what I was laughing at is um I was actually worried that mine would come out liquidy. So what I did was I did the stabilized whipped cream before oh. I mixed in um the cheese so i had some gelatin to help my whipped cream set up because i knew that i wasn't going to have the whipped cream put all the way on the cake right you know from the start because i figured i'll just take pieces of the cake and put the cream on top as i eat them so that it doesn't Mm -hmm. make the cake soggy and gross so i stabilized my whipped cream before i folded it in and it's so (laughs) so like structurally sound it's just funny that you're like oh mine's a little too liquidy (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, oh, mine could hold up books, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Well, my daughter was uh, standing on this, there's a little kitchen helper thing. Um, it's right up next to the island. And yes, uh, Carrie is the one that introduced me to this wonderful contraption because her kids have one as well. So she's standing up next to the island and normally she doesn't pay attention when we're cooking. But for some reason, she was watching me and I was like showing, now we're pouring a cup of this and we'll dump it in. And she was like paying attention and she was involved. I'm like, wow, we're cooking together. (laughs) And I took the half of the orange and instead of measuring, I like squeezed it over the bowl like, ooh, look at all the juice come out. Yeah. And I didn't measure the juice and I think I got excited Playing with my daughter, far too much orange juice. In. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So that's my excuse. Also, the whipped cream does lose structure over time. So what I ended up doing, which I think uh, would address your problem of um, the frosting to cake ratio, yeah. is I took a bowl, I put down a, a thick layer of frosting soup, and then I stuck a piece of cake on top, and I eat it with a spoon like that oh <laughs> so you made it almost like a trifle mm-hmm. oh that's brilliant oh i it wish so much right now that i had taken my sheet cake 
cut it in half or like cut it into cubes and layered it like a trifle that would have been brilliant Mm -hmm. because having like the really really thick cake layer and then trying to compensate by having a really thick cream layer was not Mm -hmm. really working but if you put cubes of it like within the um ricotta fluffy stuff that would have been (laughs) really great that's a great idea. I did it out of necessity. And then you can cover the entire... Oh, gosh, a trifle. That's brilliant. <laughs> and then you cover the entire top of the trifle with the chocolate shavings and pistachio. And, and then, pistachio. like, every mm. serving has all of the elements in it that without having sense. too much of either at one time. Mm-hmm. You just you just figured it out. You cracked the code. I cracked the code with your help. Our code teamwork. Our code smashers. Yay! Well, that sounds really good. And if I were gonna make it again, which I mean, frankly, isn't out of the question because both of the things were really yummy. Um, mm-hmm. That's definitely what I would do. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, I would probably do that too. Um, I'm not. I I think you're right. Even even if I had made the full size cake and. Even if my frosting wasn't too, uh, too liquidy, um, I don't think I would have been satisfied with the amount of frosting that I could get per bite. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it makes a good enough amount, but you just don't think about putting on a layer of either whipped cream or frosting that's as thick as the cake layer. And even if yeah. you did, I mean, I th- the cake came out like a good two inches thick. And so if you have two inches of cake and two inches of frosting, when you take a bite of that, it's just unwieldy. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. That's a very good solution. Just make the thick cake, cut it up into pieces, stick it in a big punch bowl with all of the mm. fluffy ricotta cream, and then mm-hmm. nom it down. And the crunch toppings, yes. With there you a go. cup of espresso. Everyone do that. I always think of a ricotta as a holiday thing, too. So I think this would be a good idea to bring to a holiday um, to event. a holiday party. Yeah, yeah. it's a great point. Mm-hmm. It is because it's I, kind of like it's something that you always make into rich desserts, which is something you usually have in the winter months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So yeah. if anyone has made their cannoli cake with us, please share your insights. We've apparently cracked the code, and we're sorry that we waited so long to tell you. (laughs) But now you can go forth and make it correctly. Yep. (laughs) So what else have you been up to, Carrie? Um, bread baking? Yeah, you were saying your kids were very much enjoying it. Yeah, um, I have been making some no-need bread recipes which are awesome because you just mix some stuff together and then leave it for a really long time. And frankly, I do that anyways because I totally forget <laughs> I'm baking stuff. Um, <laughs> so you just mix it together and leave it on your counter for like a day. And then the next day you just plop it into a pan and bake it and it comes out like real bread, which is awesome because it's like a t- two-day long process, but it's basically no muss, no fuss. And then you mm-hmm. end up with bread. So that's pretty cool. And I made a focaccia recipe. <gasps> no. Yes. I made it. I love with... focaccia. How'd it come out? It was, um. Oh. <laughs> it, no, it was good. It was good. Everybody liked it. But I prefer focaccia with a little more 
air pockets in it. It was a little dense for my taste. And I mm. think I figured out the problem, which I used um, regular all-purpose flour. And I think mm-hmm. the thing is I'm sh- I should have used bread flour because of the stronger like gluten protein stuff in it. Um, it makes bigger kind of spongier inside instead of like a denser packed crumb. Okay. So, um, I mean, it was good. I used flaked sea salt on the top and some rosemary and some mm. uh, extra virgin olive oil. So it still came out yummy, but I would have preferred a little bit airier inside. So for most of your breads, do you use all-purpose? Um, I do for the no-need bread. I have not tried that yet with the uh, bread flour because it generally comes out pretty airy and floofy anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you? Do you like making bread, or have you not really ventured into that? I I haven't done it too much. It's intimidating to me. For the I, I can never get stuff to rise like it's supposed to. Well, definitely, if you are looking, if you're having problems with rising, and you're kind of intimidated by yeast breads, a no knead bread is great because it's supposed to rise slow. So you give it like Mm twenty four hours, and it proofs, you know, pretty much. At room temperature, um, whatever your room temperature is. Because my house is pretty cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we don't really, we don't jack our, te- our, thermo- uh, our thermostat up pretty high in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you give it 24 hours and it's got a lot of bubbling and air pockets in it anyway. And you dump it into okay. the Dutch oven just like that. Poof! And then all those air pockets get even bigger from the from the steam and stuff in the oven. Sounds easy. Maybe I'll give it a try. It is called I would love to Miracle have... No Need Bread. <laughs> send me, a, send me a, a link to the recipe if you have it. I will do that. Yeah. It's actually from Especially... a, uh, a website that I use pretty often called pinchofyum.com. There are lots of no-need bread recipes on the internet, but... I've used this one a lot, and I like it. So, there you go. They're all pretty similar. Plus, you don't have to pay for it, like the New York Times one. (laughs) I'd love to have a constant supply of fresh focaccia. Right? Yeah. The thing about the focaccia is just that it is super good when it is fresh. And if you Mm -hmm. don't wrap it well, it dries out very easily. I don't know what that is, but that's what my experience has been at the the farmer's market local here um there's a bread seller that has a really good focaccia but if yeah like you you need to eat it within a day or two yeah or else it dries out the no need bread lasts a little longer i wrap it in um waxed like beeswax cotton Uh uh-huh so that it keeps the moisture in but um I mean, it lasts. It lasts a few days, anyways. Maybe, probably not a week, but maybe like three or four days. Okay. And honestly, in my house, if a loaf of bread lasts four days, that's kind of a miracle in and of itself. <laughs> okay. So, have you done anything else? I made my eggnog. Yay! Woo-hoo! Eggnog, eggnog. I used the Alden Brown aged eggnog recipe, and while I was editing last week, last. Um, episode of the podcast, I realized that I said something incorrect, so I'd like to correct it now. Um, 
I said that uh, the eggnog needs to sit for two months before you drink it, but realize really the minimum amount of time is two weeks, he said. That makes sense. And that is, yeah. Because two weeks, uh, when you said that you were starting early so that it would be done in time, I'm like, that is not enough time. <laughs> no. It's a minimum of two weeks, but he says he recommends letting it sit at least one month to let the flavors really get to know each other. Um, and basically his explanation is that the alcohol content in the eggnog needs to be at a certain percentage, like 20% by volume or something like that, uh, in order to kill any potential bacteria in the raw eggs. And it needs two weeks to do its thing before you can be really sure that any bacteria is dead. But also I use pasteurized eggs, so there's really no risk anyway. But um, that is done and it's Stewing. Did you use Get pasteurized eggs last year? I mean, aren't all eggs pasteurized? I honestly don't know. Was Isn't that what you were going on? Like, <laughs> yeah. I the just used eggs that from I had. the store and they are pasteurized, so there. I think, so. <laughs> I think you have to, like, you have to ha- work to find unpasteurized eggs. Stop laughing at me. <laughs> I don't know that that's necessarily true because if that's true, why do they sell separately just eggs, eggs beaters, pasteurized in a carton? I don't know. Why do people eat egg beaters? I don't know. I don't. These are existential questions. I'm asking you whether your eggs are pasteurized. I started to Google are all eggs pasteurized, and it tried to finish my sentence with are all cows female. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible question. <laughs> they wouldn't live very long, would they? <laughs> Here you go. All egg products sold in the U.S. that are pasteurized... Oh, that are pasteurized. Yeah. All egg products are pasteurized in the U.S. due to the risk of foodborne illness. Oh, they the are? The U.S. Department of Agriculture does not allow any egg products to be sold without going through the process of pasteurization. That's weird. So unless you're getting your eggs from like a neighborhood farm they're going to be pasteurized and you're fine oh well that is news to me i feel like someone should have let the general consumer know that all of their eggs are preheated for their convenience i need to decide if i leave that in my track (laughs) all of the dancing and the noises going along with it it's not as entertaining when you can't see you You can hear my chair moving as I groove. Chugga, 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 chugga. Okay, so you made it with pasteurized eggs, but you're still waiting for the two weeks to taste it. So, mm-hmm. when is the day you are going to taste? I don't know. When did you make it? I don't know. You don't. <laughs> how are you, <laughs> you going to know when it's safe? <laughs> I was going to, I just think it's like a, it's like a holiday thing. I made it, I think... The first couple days of November, like the first week in November. So if I wait until December, I'm fine. Okay, so you're not going to have it for Thanksgiving. No. So last year I I made it and I didn't open it up until um, I got to Pennsylvania at the in-laws. So that was like, you know, a day or two before Christmas. Yeah. And I was going to do that again, but this time I made more than last year. So I might have to open it earlier just to finish it. 
Okay. I'll send you a bottle. What kind of bottles do you put? Um, I have glass bottles. Do you have like those flip tops? little like, yeah, the flip tops. So I put it in those. Oh, neat. So you'll have some mm-hmm. of your own eggnog for the holidays. That's very nice. Yay. Well, I hope we hear about how it comes out. Yes. I hope maybe we can get together and I can share some eggnog. That would be super and you fun. you can try it. That would be fun. Maybe I'll make I would some love to throw. homemade baileys. <gasps> Ooh, homemade baileys. I would drink that. You can't Creamy. see it, but there's a dance party. Creamy stuff, drinking party. alcohol. This is getting really oh, weird. drinking. <laughs> okay, yeah. We should go back to not having the video right? on. <laughs> okay. I'm going to minimize you. You're minimized. Oh, no. Okay, bye. So... Um, so those are the things that we have been up to between then and now. That's how we've been keeping mm-hmm. busy. <coughs> and how will we be keeping busy in the future? What's our next assignment? Well, Thanksgiving is coming up. And in honor of Thanksgiving and some fall flavors, we are going to make a pie. And not just any not pie. Not just no. any pie. Nope. We are going to be making a cranberry custard pie with a ginger snap crust. What? Blew your mind. Blow your mind. That sounds amazing. So, <clears throat> Aaron brought this up to me, and I was like, uh, cranberry custard pie? That sounds really weird. Then I opened up the site, and I was like, wow, that's really pretty. So, Beautiful. it looks really cool with the ginger snap crust, and it's showing this really pretty pool of purpley red cranberry goodness in the middle. And it turns mm-hmm. out, when she says cranberry custard, it's more like a cranberry curd, almost like a lemon curd so if you like lemon meringue pie if you like key lime pie and you like the flavors Uh of cranberry i think this is going to be a super big home run because it looks beautiful and it probably has that tangy magical flavor of cranberry sauce but in like a key lime pie form Mm-hmm. So this is going to be something you can bring to Thanksgiving that people haven't seen before, yeah. and it looks beautiful. It's really eye-catching. It really is. And I think it's going to be delicious because I love cranberry sauce and I love key lime pie. And if you could marry those two together, which I believe this is what that is, I'm all on board. Mm-hmm. And this recipe is from The View from GreatIsland.com, Cranberry Ginger Snap Pie. So you can make it and follow along with us. Please do. And it's decorated very nicely with like, I don't know, what's that? Thyme? Thyme and little sugared cranberries. So it looks very pretty and very festive. Almost like a wreath on your table. Oh, yeah. It is lovely. I will probably leave the thyme off because I'm probably going to cover it with whipped cream. Just saying. (laughs) But like, you could do thyme. You can do thyme. Nah, you can do thyme. I think that I will not be displaying this to anybody. You're just going to be making it and eating it as fast as possible. Yeah. So I probably won't put the decorative items on. It's not going to be fancy. But if I was, yeah, if I was bringing it to an event or hosting an event, then I would probably, I think I would do the time I like how it looks and then have whipped cream on the side if you want it. If it's too tart for some people. Hmm. Who knows? I haven't tasted it. I know. I can't wait to taste it though. I'm very excited. I'm so excited. I'm going to eat cranberry pie. Yeah, yeah. 
So we're obviously super thrilled to be making this pie, which is not necessarily our fallback position on recipes that we're about to make, but it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. So we hope you are also excited about making cranberry pie with us. Cranberry curd pie with ginger snap crust. Mm -hmm. Ginger snaps are tasty. It's going to be festive flavors in your face in a very good way. Mm -hmm. So don't forget to send any questions or comments or pictures of your cannoli sheet cakes to us at keepingbusypodcast at gmail.com and check out the pictures of our creations by searching for Keeping Busy Podcast on Facebook. They're going to look better than yours, but don't be intimidated. Send in your pictures mm-hmm. anyway, because sometimes we make yeah. things that look really ugly. And that's okay, too, yep, yep. as long as they taste good. And sometimes they yep. don't. And, it, and if it looks like my frosting is melting over the side of my cake, well, that's because it is. So, there you there go. You know. So, until next time, <laughs> we'll be keeping, keeping busy. Keeping busy.